Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Nobody likes to talk about the dry times, except maybe Survivor Man. How many of you watched this series? Anybody? Okay, a few of you. This guy's name is Les Stroud, and he doesn't just talk about uh, dry times. He films them and makes money dry times, right? But most of us don't like to talk about dry times, especially if you're a Christian. We just don't like to talk about the dry times. See, what we do is we want everybody to think that we're always living on cloud nine. We want everybody to think that everything is always right, that we're always shouting, that we're always dancing, that nothing ever goes wrong. In fact, we've kind of bought into this idea that here's kind of our motto, never let them see you sweat, right? You never want your coworkers, you never want your family, you never want your friends to know that after you've accepted Jesus and you've been living for him for a while, that there might be some dry moments in life. We, we just got this concept that, that it, it, we, we've got to put on this charade or this act, right? See, most of you have heard that this statement, that God never intended... I know you've heard it because I, I said it. God, God never intended you to just slip into survival mode. He, he intends for you to live at a significant level. So what happens is because we believe that, and I still believe that is true, but because we believe that, what we do is we don't want to ever talk about surviving. How do we live through the dry times? We just don't talk about it that much. But the truth is this morning is that if most of us were honest, come on now, we got to be honest. Now we can come in here and play games or we can be honest. Because if most of us were honest, we would have to admit that we have either been through a wilderness experience, a dry experience, or, fasten your seatbelts, all right, we're going to be real brutally honest right here, or we're dry right now. And and I know we shouted, and I know we raised our hands, and I know we felt the goosebumps, but the reality is, is that if most of us were honest this morning, we would have to admit that right now we are living smack dab in the middle of a dry season. See, now... Hear me this morning. Either Job never received his Christian etiquette handbook that teaches us to fake it until you make it. Right? Because I know that's how most of us have been trained. We fake it until we, we get there, right? He either never understood that, never received that handbook, or he was the Old Testament predecessor to survival, survivor man. Because listen to what Job says. This is, this is the, the wilderness, the dry moment in a nutshell. Listen to this portion of Scripture from Job chapter 23, verses 1 through 3, verses 8 through 9 and 17. Listen to the desert in his voice. He says this. Job replied, I am not letting up. I am standing my ground. My complaint is legitimate. God has no right to treat me like this. It isn't fair. If he knew, if I knew where on earth to find him, I'd go straight to him. If, if I, I would travel east looking for him, but I, I find no one. Then I go west, but not a trace. I go north, but he's hidden his tracks. I, I then go south, but not even a glimpse. I'm completely in the dark. I can't see my hand in front of my face. That's desert. How many of you have ever been, don't raise your hand, I, I want you to keep your, your charade going here just a little longer. How many of you have ever been in, uh, in a situation or experienced this in your life where you can't find God? 
It seems like he's totally disappeared. He's MIA. He's missing in action. You, you think you've got him and you need him and you're going to call on him and then all of a sudden you can't find him anywhere. That's where Job was. See, some of us feel forgotten at best and forsaken at worst. Right in the midst of your trouble, right in the midst of your divorce, right in the midst of your brokenness, right in the midst of you being uh, broke financially, right in the midst of your devastation, you feel like God has forsaken you and left you all alone, and so you find yourself in a dry place. That is what the dry times are all about. That is it in a nutshell. Now, that's why over the next four weeks... We're going to talk about this issue of surviving the dry times and why it is so crucial and so important for you to understand and learn the lessons so that you know how to not only embrace and endure but grow stronger by the dry moments in your life. You've got to learn survival techniques to get through these things. So there's some things that you already know. You know that the wilderness is dry. You know that the wilderness is barren. You know that it's uncharted, that it's unpredictable, that it's uncomfortable, that it's uncontrollable. But I also need you to understand something this morning. Hear me. It can also be beautiful. It can be fruitful. That's a novel concept, isn't it? It can be ordered by God and it can be ordained by God. The wilderness can be profitable if you will embrace it. But if you try to leave the wilderness too early, it can be destructive. The wilderness. We must understand some things before we start this morning. The wilderness experience, hear me this morning, is absolutely normal. We're going to talk more about that here in just a minute. But the wilderness experience in your life is absolutely normal, but it is also absolutely and completely necessary. We're going to talk about that some this morning. And the last thing I'd say to you is this, is it's absolutely to be expected. In fact, if you go into the Old Testament and read about the children of Israel, you will discover that they should have known all along that they were going to wind up in the wilderness. They just had a hearing problem. Because Moses stands up before Pharaoh in Exodus chapter 3 verse 1 and he makes a declaration that evidently they didn't have their hearing aid turned up correctly or they would have known. They act like they're shocked that they wind up in the wilderness. But in Exodus chapter 3 verse 1, Moses stands before Pharaoh and he says, Let my people go so that they may and go serve me in the wilderness. They should have expected it. They shouldn't have been surprised by it. You just need to understand this morning that it's absolutely normal, it's absolutely necessary, and you should expect to wind up there at some moment in your life. Now, there are basically three great wilderness stories in the Bible. These three great wilderness stories will serve kind of as the backdrop by which we learn survival techniques over the next few weeks. And so I want to draw your attention to these. But before we start learning the lessons, let me just kind of show you one of the first Uh, crucial things that we have to deal with is why do we wind up in dry moments in our life? Why do we end up dry? And these three stories teach us why we end up in the dry times. The first one is Moses. Moses is one of the great wilderness stories in the Bible. And you know his, uh, his account. What happens is the children of Israel are in slavery. Moses is living in the palace. He's like Pharaoh's son. He walks out one day into the wilderness or into the, uh, to the city there. And he sees an, an Egyptian killing an Israelite. And he steps in, you remember? And he, he, he kills the Egyptian and he begins to flee. And where does he wind up? He winds up on the backside of the desert keeping his father-in-law's sheep. Right? He's in the wilderness. Why? Because of mistakes of his own. 
He stepped in and tried to play God when it wasn't his duty to play God. He tried to take over his own life and do his own thing. And what he discovered is, is that when you make your own mistakes, that can force you into the dry times. And I want to say this to you this morning. Some of you are dry this morning because of mistakes of your own. You made bad choices, you made bad decisions, you watched what you shouldn't have watched, you went where you shouldn't have gone, you spent time with people you shouldn't have spent time with, you made decisions that you should not have made, and now you find yourself dry and worn out. But there's a second great wilderness story, and it's the story of David. David's story teaches us this, that we can end up trying to survive the dry times because of somebody else's mistake. You remember this story, David's minding his own business, playing his little harp to pacify a king who gets mad all the time, has an anger management issue, happens to be his father-in-law. This is not a common theme, by the way, uh, but, but this happens to be his father-in-law. And, and all of a sudden, the, the king that loved David suddenly picks up a spear and throws it and tries to kill David. And David has to run for his life, and guess where he runs? Into the wilderness. In the dry times, why? Because of somebody else's mistake. Now, I know none of you have ever been hurt, and I know none of you have ever been done wrong, and I, nobody, I know none of you have ever had anybody talk about you and badmouth you and betray you and crush your heart and break your heart. But let me just tell you, you can end up in the dry times because of somebody else's mistakes. Some of you are in a dry moment in your spiritual walk right now because somebody hurt you, mishandled you, and now you find yourself dry. Now, I understand the first great wilderness story, and I can accept it. I can make mistakes on my own and end up in the wilderness. I can deal with the second great wilderness story, and somebody else can do me wrong, and I'll end up dry. I just don't like the third great wilderness story because it's the story of Jesus. Because in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus ends up in the wilderness. And I do not like this portion of Scripture because the Bible says this, that the Spirit led him into the wilderness. Which means this, hold on now, you can end up in the dry times because God sends you there. I don't mind going there because I made mistakes. I may not like it, but I can deal with it because somebody else makes a mistake. I just don't like the fact that God, at moments in my life, will send me into dry moments for a reason. But I don't like that, but that is the truth. You can be dry this morning, not by your own fault. You might be doing everything right, not by somebody else's mistakes. Maybe everybody else is treating you great. But the reality is this morning is you can end up dry because God sent you there. He has a purpose. So we can end up in dry times. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. If you're not there now, you will be. If you've never been there, hold on, write it down, put it on the refrigerator so you'll remember it. You will end up in the dry times. So what is important for us this morning is we need to learn some survival lessons. Right? All right, when we say the word wilderness, y'all like my desert scene? Y'all wondering where in the world I did that, didn't you? It was a big cat. That's all I can say. Uh, Now, listen, some of you, when I say the word wilderness, in our mind, we um, immediately go to a survivor, the television show Survivor in our mind. It's some dry, desolate, remote, isolated place where we move off to and it's a dry place. That's what happens in your mind. But let me tell you some things I've learned. This is what I've learned first. The first thing I've learned is this, 
is that you can end up in a dry moment in your life in the comforts of your own home. You can be dry, surrounded by hundreds and thousands of people. You don't have to be by yourself. You don't have to be all alone. You can wind up in a dry place totally surrounded by people. It is not a location. It is a condition. You'll remember that the the survivor man, what he does is he goes to these remote locations where nobody else is around, and he finds these dry places, and he survives in those. But listen to me this morning. I want to say this to you. You can find dry times right in your living room or sitting in Passion Church week after week with good music and hopefully good preaching and nice people and great snickerdoodle cookies. You can still wind up dry. Why? Because it's, it's not a location, it's a condition. It is important for us to understand that this morning because if we believe that our dry, our dry times are connected to a location, what we will do is we will try to change locations only to discover that miraculously when we get to the new location, we're still dry. I'm preaching really good right now because this is what happens. We suddenly become dry and suddenly it's everybody else's fault and we think greener pastures. If I go somewhere else, the condition of my life will change. And so what it does is it produces a new kind of Christian called a church hopper. And what we'll do is because they don't feed me anymore and I don't encounter God anymore, I'll go to a new church and then suddenly, as if it's a miracle, two weeks after we get there, we're just as dry as we were. But let's, let's get off the spiritual level and get into everyday life. Because the same is true in your daily relationships. And the same can be true of your job. Because what we do is we suddenly find ourselves in a dry moment in a relationship where we don't feel like we love each other anymore. Boy, it's quiet in here this morning. Or we get to a job and suddenly it's a 9 to 5 grind and we don't like it anymore. And so we think that if we change our location... Everything will change, and so we throw everything away, we scrap it all, and we move on to something or somebody else. And suddenly, after just a few moments, we realize we're still dry and we don't know what to do. Why? Why? Because our location changes, but our life doesn't. See, we need to understand this morning is this. Dryness usually has nothing to do with where you are. It has everything to do with who you are. I know this is deep. Come on now. Don't, don't go to sleep on me. Stay with me because some of you are ready to throw everything away and try to find a new location. And if you do, you will still find yourself in the wilderness scrambling to, to, to survive. I want you to hear me this morning. It's a powerful lesson that you need to understand. You can refuse to put roots down all you want to. You can hop from one place to another all you want to. You can just move from one location and find another preacher, find another church, find another wife, find another girlfriend, another boyfriend, find another job. But the reality for you this morning is this the dryness is in you not around you so let's learn another lesson wilderness is common to everyone see i'm convinced of this that if you want to move from being a baby christian To a mature believer, hear me, you're not going to like this, but hear me anyway and understand that it's a reality, you will go through a wilderness experience. 
It is common to everyone. In fact, let me just say it to you like this. I don't believe that you can become spiritually mature until you spend some time in the wilderness. You're going to have to spend some time there. In fact, Paul says it like this. He says it a little differently than I'm saying it, but the, it's the same truth. He says this in Romans chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. He says, we also rejoice in sufferings. How many of you know sufferings can be a dry moment? But he says, we rejoice in sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Then James comes along and he echoes the same kind of concept, teaching us that the wilderness is necessary and it's part of our journey because in chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, he says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. In other words, let me say it to you like this this morning, if you want to get to a place in your spiritual walk where you lack nothing, guess what has to come first? He says perseverance and suffering and testings and trials. I would say it like this, desert, dry, wilderness, hot, uncomfortable, unbearable situations in your life that will produce in you maturity. The wilderness is common to everybody. You are not immune. It was de- Listen, it is designed, it is ordained, it is ordered by God that at so, some moment in your spiritual journey, you will mark it down, underline it, highlight it, do whatever you need to do. You will go through dry times. Period. Everybody. We're not immune, immune to it. Some of us think that, that that's for everybody else, but that's not for me. I don't have to go through those dry times. I'm so spiritual. I glow in the dark, and I'm so close to God that I never feel any dry moments. You're fooling yourself, and you're fooling everybody else. You will go through dry times. Let me say it to you like this. Position or prominence will not keep you out of the wilderness. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how powerful you are. It doesn't matter what your name is. It doesn't matter what's after your name. Because some of you think since you have a position, God, don't you see my title after my name? That will keep me out of the wilderness. But the truth is, is that it doesn't matter who you are, what your name is, what position you hold, how prominent you are, how spiritual you, you are. You are not immune to the wilderness. In fact, we can go back to our three great wilderness stories and we can discover this truth because Moses was considered like one of the sons of Pharaoh. He lived in the palace. He slept between satin sheets. He was a star on MTV's cribs. He had everything you could want. He had big wheels on his chariots with the spinners. He had everything a man could want, right? But guess what? Position and prominence doesn't keep you out. He still wound up in the wilderness. You can go on into David's life and realize that he was a national hero. He was a giant killer. They had giant killer trading cards, and his picture and his stats were on the back. They passed them out on a weekly basis. This is the, like a LeBron James card. Back then, they wanted to get this one, right? And yet, even though they sung songs about him, and even though they, they bragged on him, and even though they put his face on the cover of every magazine and on every television show and had billboards with his picture on, he still wound up in the wilderness. What about Jesus? Jesus is the Son of God. The Son of God. God in the flesh. God in, incarnate, living right here among us. If anybody shouldn't have to go in the wilderness, I'll be God's Son. 
right? And yet, what we discover is, is that even he winds up in the wilderness. So why do we think we're immune? Why do we think we don't have to go there? If God's own son ends up there, it ought to tell us that at some point in our walk, in our relationship with God, there are going to be dry moments that we just don't like. Come on, be honest. How many of you have had a moment in your Christian walk that you just didn't like? I would ask you how many of you are having that right now, but I'm scared of how many say amen on that one. <laughs> See, position doesn't keep you out of the wilderness. In fact, we're going to learn this here in the next couple of weeks. The higher you go, the more likely you are, in fact, the better candidate you are to wind up in the wilderness, to spend time there. See, this should be good, good news to us this morning because you know what it teaches us is this. If you're dry right now, you're not a freak. You're not a weirdo. Your world hasn't come to an end. If you're dry right now, it ought to teach you that, that there is still hope and that there is still opportunity and that you're still alive, kicking and breathing, and it's not over yet. See, what I want to tell you is this. It's part of a normal spiritual journey common to all of us. Let me say it to you like this before we learn the last survival lesson this morning is that, that the wilderness is a planned stop on the trip. It's, it isn't the last stop. Hear me, I want to say that again. It isn't the last stop, but it is a stop. And you've got to make that stop. Now, let's la- learn the last survival lesson this morning. All right? If you stay in the wilderness, you die. That's the third lesson. I need to tell you that there will be times that you don't feel like you can feel God, that you feel like you can't find God. But let me say to you this morning, this is important for you to hear this morning. Please hear this. If you stay in the wilderness, you die. I need that to sink into you this morning. If you stay in the wilderness, you die. It is one stop on the journey. It's not the last stop. Uh, See, we've got to understand the truth this morning. Our life is based on seasons. There are good seasons and bad seasons, but they're all seasons. Some of you right now are going through spring in your spiritual walk. Everything's good. Everything you touch turns to gold. You're so blessed you can't hardly stand it. Everybody loves you. Your checkbook is full. Your cabinets are full. Your gas tank is full. Everybody's promoting you. Everybody's giving you raises. Everybody's slapping you on the back saying, I wish I could be you. But the reality is, is that's just one season. Because there is also a winter season that we must learn to live in and through because there will come a day when everything won't be right and everything won't be okay and everything won't be hunky-dory and everything you touch won't turn to gold. In fact, there will come a day in your spiritual walk that everything you pray for and touch will fall apart. Why? Because our life is based on seasons. And here's a truth for you. Seasons change. Right? See, David... He must have understood the concept of seasons. We like to quote the 23rd Psalms and, and, and you know, really get into it because it talks about a good season. You know, verse 2 says this, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. How many would like that to be your whole life? Man, I'd love to just lay down by green pastures. 
right? He leadeth me beside still waters. That means I can go fishing whenever I want to. I like those because I haven't been able to do that this spring because it's never still, right? But he's saying there's a season in my life where it's like still waters. Everything's great. It's the postcard you get from your relatives that always have the best vacation, right? Still waters. But the truth is, is that David understood that that's only part of the journey. Because then he comes right back in verse 4 and 5. We don't like this part. He says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death. That doesn't sound fun, does it? But we go there. It's a season. He says, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I'm glad he prepares me a table. But the reality is, is he also said, my enemies are there, so my enemies aren't dead. They're still alive. They're still pursuing me. They're still persecuting me. They're still talking about me behind my back. They're still putting a knife in my back. They must still be alive. So that's a season. There is a green pasture season, and there is an enemy season. Seasons, they change. He, he learned that seasons change now the truth i just shared with you as a survival lesson is this when the season changes we either move or we die and the reason that that is important for me to present to you this morning is because of this it's not the the dry times of your life is not to be a place in which you take up permanent residence it's one stop on the journey it's not the end of the journey and I bring that to your attention because I don't know if you, some of you said you watched this, but you know the premise of this show, Survivor Man has seven days to get out of the wilderness all by himself. And what I would say, he's not, he's not living there permanently. It's a seven-day journey. And what I would say to some of you this morning is that the dry times of your life is supposed to be a season. It's not supposed to be a permanent habitation. And the reason I bring that to your attention is because some of you have experienced a dry moment in your life and you built a house and you're staying there the rest of your life. And you're saying it like this. Well, I don't feel God now. That must mean I'll never feel God. I was broken there and my life was devastated there and I can't get over the pain and I can't get over the heartache and I'm just going to have to learn to live with the sickness the rest of my life and learn to live with this habit the rest of my life and I'm going to have to learn to live with the addiction the rest of my life and I'm going to have to live with the brokenness the rest of my life and I'm going to have to live with the betrayal the rest of my life and I'll never get over this so I might as well learn to get used to it and build up a house right here and I'll just stay right here the rest of my life. Never understanding that the wilderness is not supposed to be your permanent residence. And if you don't move, you die. Your season will change. And if you don't change with your season, you will die in the wilderness from exposure. The survivor man died. He always says, if I stay out here exposed too long, I was watching him yesterday in Alaska in the 29 below zero. And he says, if I stay out in the open too long, I die. The same is true for you. If you stay in the dry place too long, you will die. Don't, do not buy the lie that it will always be like it is right now. See, I don't want you to come to the place where you think I'm always going to be dry. You may be dry right now, but you don't always have to be dry. You may be discouraged right now, but you don't always have to be discouraged. You may be depressed right now, but you don't always have to be depressed. You may be broken right now, but you don't always have to be broken. God wants you to move when it's time to move. And if you don't, you die. Seasons change. That's why David could come right behind what he'd said about the dry times. And he comes right behind and he says this. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy 
comes in the morning. My season will change. For some of you, you are right in the midnight hour, right now. It may be the darkest moment of your life. You may not know how you're going to make it. You may not understand what you're going to do, and you don't know where to turn. But what I can say to you for a fact this morning is that morning will come, and you have to be ready to move. See, so don't buy the lie. Seasons change. Seasons change. Let me say this to you. Dry times are normal. Dry lives are not. Every one of you, I could call you by name and tell you right now, every one of you will go through a dry moment in your life, but that does not mean or dictate that the rest of your life has to be dry. It was one stop, and it may be time for you to move. Man, I could get in your junk right now and look at some of you and say, you've been dry too long. I'm talking to somebody right now. Somebody in the room has been dry way too long long. It's time for you to move. The season changed. You just failed to recognize it and you built a house there and you're staying in the dry place. Hear me this morning. Some of you haven't encountered God in way too long. Some of you haven't been blessed in way too long. Some of you haven't experienced a refreshing from God way too long because you stayed in the dry season and God's season changed. You didn't go with it. Either move or die. If you stay in the wilderness, you die dry. Or you get up and move with God. Now, Jesus knew about dry seasons. And you need to hear me this morning. Even if I could get you out of the dry times of your life, I wouldn't want to. If I could just snap my fingers or say hocus pocus or whatever, whatever the magic word, uh, shazam, whatever, I don't know. And, and, get you, and get you out of your dry moment, the truth is I wouldn't want to. Because you've got to learn the lessons there. Right? And, but Jesus understands the dry moments. Now, you've got to understand, hear me, go back to Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. You may be in the dry times because of Jesus. Boy, that went over great. We don't think about that much, do we? You may be in the dry times because of Jesus. Well, I thought when I came to Jesus, it would be a bed of roses and a cakewalk, and it would be easy the rest of my life. No, 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 no. Jesus may be the one that puts you there. But Jesus understands dry moments. And I can't help you, but Jesus can help you. He probably won't take you out of the dry time. But let me tell you what, let me show you what Jesus will do. Because what Jesus can do is he can change your perspective of the dry time. Let me prove it. Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. The Bible says this. He, being Jesus, withdrew from thence in a boat. To where? A desert. Come on, everybody. A desert place. All right. A part. And when the multitudes heard thereof, they followed him on foot from the cities. And he came forth, and he saw a great multitude, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. And when even was come, and the disciples came to him, saying, What? The place is a desert. Okay. And the time is already past. Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the village and buy themselves food. But Jesus said unto them, They have no need to go away. Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. I know, that went, I'll come back. 
And he took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples to the multitudes. And they all ate and were filled. And they took up that which remained over, uh, over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And they did eat and were about 5,000 men besides women and children. I read it that way on purpose because we get so caught up in the miracle of the five loaves and two fishes that we may have missed the greater miracle. Did you catch it? The Bible says that Jesus was in a desert place. Says it twice. And suddenly, right in the midst of the miracle that we pay attention to, he says, have all the people sit down on the grass. I don't know what kind of desert you've been to, but the desert I've been in don't have no grass. And yet Jesus, understanding dry moments, can turn a desert into a lush dining hall just like that saying to us that he understands the dry moments of our life and he might not take you out of the dry moments, but he can help you endure and he can help you not only endure, but be refreshed and renewed right in the midst of the dry place so that when it's time for you to get up and move, you can walk out nourished and strengthened and ready to walk and to go where he wants you to go. What I am saying to you is this. It may be a dry moment and Jesus may not take you out of it, but He can change it so that you can endure it. He can make it seem like a lush dining hall for you. He can produce grass right in the middle of your desert. That's real good. Because there have been moments, come on now, we're supposed to be honest here, there have been moments in my life when I didn't know if I could make it. Oh, I know y'all never been like that, but there have been moments when I was ready to throw in in the towel and say, I can't keep this up. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to give this thing up. And I don't know how he does it. I just know he does it every time. If you'll look for him, he somehow, he always brought a grassy moment into my desert place so that I didn't give up hope. Hear me this morning. Some of you have given up hope and you don't think your circumstance can change. You don't think you'll ever feel God again. Listen, grass can come into your desert. He can refresh you. He can restore you. you he can give you hope and, and, a, and a desire to get up and move again. Third wilderness lesson. Don't die in the wilderness. Now, let me say something to you this morning that I've already talked about a little bit and then I'm going to be done. I want to tell you something this morning. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I've got really bad news hate to be the one to bring this bad news, but I'm going to tell you just how it is. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you will always be dry. You can have the nicest house and the nicest car and the nicest clothes and the nicest friends, and you might think you have it all together, but let me tell you something this morning. You can keep buying all you want to buy, and it will never fill the void in your life because without Jesus, there can be no grass. You will live dry the rest of your life. The ultimate way out of the wilderness is to find Him. He is the greatest wilderness guide that ever lived. He can pull you right out of the wilderness. He can bring you to a new place in your life. But the only way to get that is to know Him. So I'm talking to somebody here this morning that doesn't know Jesus. You've got a decision to make this morning. I either turn my life over to God and move out of the wilderness as he directs me, or I live my life in brokenness and in heartache and in a desert place for the rest of my days. It's your choice. And then I also want to talk to you that know God and know Jesus, but are dry this morning. 
We got to learn to survive. We got to understand that we're not a freak. It's common to all of us. You're just on one step in this journey. Don't stay there. Stay there as long as God wants you there, but don't stay there forever. God did not plan for you to stay in the wilderness the rest of your life. It may be 40 years. Does that number sound familiar? You may be circling the same things over and over again and may think, I'm never going to get out. But it was only for a season. It was a long season. And for some of you, it may be a long season. But it's not your permanent residence. He's got a new place for you to move to. I want you to stand with me this morning. I want to pray with you this morning. I want to pray for two things. One, again, we've already done this once, but I want to make sure I know we've got a bunch of guests in the house this morning because we're getting ready to do a baptism service, and I know I'm so excited about that. But because we have so many guests, I cannot let this go this morning. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you better learn how to survive because you're going to be dry the rest of your life. truth is you can't survive it without Him. good news is it's real easy to know him we've we've made it so difficult and yet it's so easy all we do is we ask him he's available all you got to do is say jesus look at me i'm dry i have no hope without you help me and suddenly grass right in the midst of our desert it changes everything i want us to pray that first father if there's one again if there's one here that doesn't know your son Jesus they've been trying to survive on their own and they continue to find themselves in a dry place God I pray that they would understand this morning that they'll never get out of that dry place without your help and so together we just ask you Jesus to come into our heart and our life take over the dry moments of our life change our desert to a lush dining hall do that in our life God, if there's one here that doesn't know your son, Jesus, I pray that right now, in the privacy of their own heart, as dry as they may feel, they would turn to you. They would surrender to you. Your word says all we have to do is ask. This morning we ask. Change us. Live in us. Mold us and make us into what you want us to be. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you know Jesus, you're in relationship with Him. Between you and God. You say, Steve, I'm pretty dry right now. I'm pretty dry right now. I want to talk to you just a second. Don't hear me with your ears. Hear me with your heart. It's just a season. Let hope arise in you again. It's just a season. It's just a moment. It's just one stop on the journey. You don't have to stay dry the rest of your life. Don't buy that lie. The enemy will try to convince you that you're always going to be like this and you're always going to feel this way and you're never going to feel God again and you're never going to encounter God again. I got good news this morning. Hear me deep in your spirit this morning. God wants to refresh you. If you're here this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you say, Steve, that's me. I'm as dry as I can possibly be. I need I need God to step in and change. I need to be refreshed. I need a touch from here. Quickly, I want you to raise your hand. Pull it right back down. Nobody looking around. 
Yes, there's one. Anybody else? Yes, there's another. And yes, another. I've got at least three, four. Come on, be honest. Nobody's looking around. This is between you and God. I'm in a dry moment. I'm in a dry moment. There are people standing around you that raised their hand this morning. We say, well, I didn't see them because I had my eyes closed. That's, that's right, because it's none of your business. God knows. You can't help them anyway. Can you produce grass in a wilderness? Absolutely not. Can God instantly? With one word, He can change you. But you know what? He can use you to bring hope, to help them to understand that they're loved, to help them to understand that they don't have to stay this way the rest of their life. So we're going to allow God to use us this morning. I want you to reach out. And this time I want you to put your arm around somebody, not just touch them. Come on. Don't be a wimp. Reach out, put your arm around somebody. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to ask God to bring grass right into the dry place. Now hear me, hear me. He may not pull you out of the wilderness, and most likely he won't because he's trying to teach you something. But he can help it to be bearable, and he can give you new strength and a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit so that you can be refreshed to the point that you can get up and keep walking. So let's pray. Father, we pray for our brothers and our sisters this morning, especially for those that were brave enough to raise a hand, to say, I'm I'm dry. I don't know if I can feel God anymore. I don't know if I can find God anymore. And I'm dry. Father, this morning, I pray that you would speak to us and help us to learn some lessons. I pray that first we would get over the idea that our dryness is attached to a location. It's not. The dryness is in us. We admit that freely this morning. Our location has nothing to do with it. It's our condition. We're dry. Father, we also admit this morning that wilderness is common to all of us. We're not a freak. You took us this way on purpose. So we embrace this idea of being in a dry moment. And we also admit that it's just a season. And so, Father, this morning, I pray that you'd give us wisdom to know when it's time to move. Some of us have been dry for so many years, we don't think we'll ever get out. In fact, we don't even want to get out. This morning, I pray that you would refresh us to the point that we would want to get up and move again. Father, for those that raise their hand right now, I don't know how you do it. I just know you do it. I pray that you would bring grass right into their desert place. Let this morning's service and time together just be a moment of refreshing and renewal so that they're ready for the rest of the journey. God, right now I pray that grass would come into their life where it was dry. I pray that there would be a season change. Give them hope. Let them believe. Give them faith. Give them the guts and the endurance necessary to keep walking in this journey that you've called us to so that we can survive and move to the next place and not stay dry the rest of our life. God, I come against the lie. I I sense this all week that there are going to be individuals here that have bought a lie. They bought into it when they first got dry, when everything first changed to dryness in their heart and life. They didn't think it was forever. But three months later, four months later, two years later, one decade later, they've come to the place in their walk and in their life that they honestly believe 
that they just got to get used to this. I come against that lie in the name of Jesus right now. And we declare that it is a lie from the enemy. You have not destined us to live in dryness the rest of our life. God, let a new hope overtake us. Help us to tear down the house in the desert and begin to move forward and begin to walk towards you, to begin to walk towards the promised land once again, even if it's been 40 years of dryness and barrenness and hopelessness and sickness and addiction and pain and betrayal and disillusionment and depression. If it's been 40 years, God, this morning I pray that you give us a fresh glimpse of the promised land. And I pray that deep in our spirit, somehow, some way, you would speak to us and say, that's for you if you'll follow me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I need you to do something. I need you to touch your, the person that you've got your arm around and I want you to look at them and I want you to say to them as a declaration, it's just one stop. It's not the final stop. One stop. Not the final stop. Father, this morning as we move into this baptism service, what an incredible moment this is. We're so excited by this, oh God. We're thankful for the lives that have been changed, turned around. I pray that it would be a powerful moment in all of our journeys. And now those of us that have been baptized, we would remember what this means. And for those that are being baptized for the first time, God, I pray that their life would be changed forever. That from this day forward, they would follow after you hard. They would never forget the commitment that's being made in their lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We're going to do this. We're going to take just about a three to four minute intermission so that I can change back into something a little more presentable for pictures. Uh, uh, But we want you to stick around. If you need to leave, we understand. But if you could stick around and celebrate with us. I think we've got uh, eight or nine young people and teenagers being baptized this morning. And we're so excited. won't take us that long. But if you could stay and help us celebrate. We're going to give them time to change just a second. While you're waiting, you can be seated, by the way. While you're waiting, I want you to watch this. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 